The Old Testament reading for our Palm Sunday celebration comes from the prophet Isaiah, the 50th chapter. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens, he awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. I gave my back to those who strike, and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting, but the Lord God helps me. Therefore I have not been disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? Behold, all of them will wear out like a garment. The moth will eat them up. And this is the word of the Lord. Christ entered once for all into the holy places by means of his own blood. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant. He sent redemption to his people. The epistle reading comes from Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, the second chapter. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. We rise for the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel, which serves as the text for our sermon this morning, comes according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophets, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! 
And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. And this is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In our Gospel reading today, we hear about Jesus and the disciples entering into Jerusalem just before the Passover is celebrated for the year. And as they enter, the crowds gathered together. Not just a handful of people, not just the faithful few who have been following Jesus for years. It's a massive crowd consisting of Jesus' disciples, residents of Jerusalem, and the people who have traveled from far and wide to celebrate the Passover in God's holy city. A multitude of people lined the road leading into Jerusalem to welcome Jesus. They sang songs of praise and adoration. They shouted in triumph and joy. They waved branches and rejoiced spread palms and their own cloaks on the road to roll out something even better than the finest of red carpets. Men and women, children and elders, they crowded around to welcome him, to celebrate his entry into Jerusalem, to hopefully get even a glimpse of this man that they all had so much hope in. So many people, such a large crowd, all come together to welcome Jesus. But as Jesus entered into town, not everyone rejoiced, of course. There were those who saw Jesus as a threat to their own earthly power. There were those who were worried that Jesus would bring about the wrath of Rome with all his popularity. There were those who outright hated Jesus and didn't want him there at all, to the point that they were plotting to kill him. And, oddly enough, there were those who honestly had no idea what all the hubbub was about. Now that's something we don't think about that often, is it? We know the Palm Sunday account. We know the adoring crowd. We know the bad guys lurking about. We know Jesus and the disciples. But Matthew tells us that there were also those who came to the parade with a simple but somewhat shocking question. Who is this? They didn't know. Who is Jesus? How could they not have known that? How could anyone not know who Jesus was? I mean, he was a seriously big deal. Word of his fame had spread all throughout the nation and well beyond it. His teachings and his miracles made waves, stirred people up one way or another. Love him or hate him, Everyone at least knew who Jesus was, right? Well, obviously not, if they're drawn together to the triumphal entry and asking that question, who is this? Well, today, as we ourselves celebrate Palm Sunday, we too kind of assume that everyone knows who Jesus is, don't we? I mean, he's still a pretty big deal, right? We've grown up with him in our lives, We live in what most people consider a Christian nation. Crosses, churches, Jesus quotes, they're everywhere. From bumper stickers to movies and TV series to the chalkboard at Pizza Ranch, Jesus is just kind of all over the place. Everybody's got to know him, right? 
Again, love him or hate him, how could anyone today possibly not have heard of him? And yet, there are those who ask that same question that some of those in the Palm Sunday crowd asked. Who is this? Now, of course, there are those far-off, isolated countries and villages, places where the gospel has not been proclaimed. There are people who have literally never heard of Jesus, have never heard the name or the account from Scripture. But it's so much more than just that. Even here, even in our own country, even in our own town, there are people who could ask the same question when you bring up Jesus. Who is this? Not necessarily because they've never heard the name Jesus, but because the Jesus that they have in their mind is not the real Jesus. He's a caricature. He's a made-up, cartoony version, an oversimplified Jesus that they've gleaned from movies and the news and friends and casual encounters with churches that just doesn't bear much resemblance to the real Jesus. When you mention Jesus, people often get one of two images in their head, and the two are vastly different. One is the strict judge, the Jesus who lays down the law, always walks around shouting, Thou shalt not! Thou shalt not! He's a mean, grumpy man who hates it when anyone has any fun. He's a permanent wet blanket who is always standing behind you, shaking his fingers, saying, Tisk, tisk, tisk. He's the Santa Claus Jesus. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. He frowns on everything that you do. He hates all those who do not obey him. He is outdated, misogynistic, and spiteful. He demands perfection, and he will punish all those who fall short. He is there to whip your miserable life into shape to make you a moral person, and to suck every ounce of joy and fun out of your life when you are his follower. This is the Jesus that many people in our world have been taught about, and the person that comes to mind when they hear his name. And this, of course, is not Jesus. Now, on the other hand, there are those people who imagine the freewheeling, peacenik, hippie Jesus The Jesus who is cool with everything. The Jesus who just wants you to be happy the way you are. He never says anything offensive, never makes any demands, never steps on any toes or ruffles any feathers. He has hugs for everyone, and he is there to help you do anything that you feel like doing. He tells you to follow your heart, tells you that you're okay, he's okay, everybody's okay, just the way they are. He's soft-spoken. He's kind. He would never, never tell somebody no. He's open and accepting and really doesn't care how you think of him or what you believe as long as you believe something. This, too, is the Jesus that many people in our world have been taught about and a person that is in their mind as you talk about Jesus with them. And this, too, is not Jesus. These ideas cause problems, because neither one of them are the real Jesus, even though so many people have been led to believe that they are. 
So when you start talking about Jesus, the real Jesus from Scripture, it doesn't match with either of these extremes, and it leads some people to ask, who is this? But then again, how often do we actually get asked that question? How often does someone actually say, please, tell me more about the real Jesus? Better question, what would our response actually be if someone did? Be honest. Even if someone were to ask you directly, can you tell me more about Jesus? What would you say? Well, sadly, my personal inclination is to say very little. I don't want to make things awkward. I don't want to alienate this person. I want them to like me, and I wonder what will people think if they hear that I'm a Jesus freak. All these fears, all these worries, all these what-ifs kind of fill my head, and I usually just sort of, sadly, let the moment pass. Go, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh. And I'm guessing you would probably do the same thing too, right? And it's a shame, isn't it? Because there is nothing better that you could do for someone than to tell them about who Jesus really is. There is no greater gift that you could give a person than to dispel their cartoony misconceptions about Jesus and boldly proclaim who Scripture has revealed him to be. Might it be awkward? Might it offend someone? Might they look at you a bit askance? Yeah, but so what? Might they hear the glorious truth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and be cleansed of their sin for all eternity? Isn't that worth risking a wee bit of awkwardness? Because the truth, the real, scriptural, God-given truth about who Jesus is is the greatest news that anyone could ever possibly hear. Jesus is not just some tyrant who hovers around stomping out all your fun. Yes, he hates sin. Yes, the sinful things that we do are displeasing to him, and he does not want us to live like wretched animals. But not because he's some stuffy, old-fashioned, meanie face. Because he knows what sin does to our lives. He knows the terrible cost that comes with sin, even if we've always been told there is none, even if we pretend to ourselves that there is no cost. He knows because he's been there. One of the silliest complaints that I hear people make about Jesus is he just wouldn't understand. Jesus doesn't get it. Right. The God who took on human flesh and was born of a humble virgin in a stable couldn't understand what you're going through. The Messiah who faced not just three short-lived temptations in the wilderness, but every single sinful temptation ever, he couldn't possibly understand your situation. The Almighty, all-knowing, all-present God couldn't ever fathom the complexities of your sinful life. Come on, get over yourself. You're not that deep. Jesus is not a God who sits far off and demands what he couldn't ever do. He's not the emperor who lays down stifling rules for no reason and then refuses to live by them himself. 
He's not just this grand cosmic policeman who keeps a record of all your wrongdoings to hold them over your head and make you feel phenomenal guilt. But likewise, he's also not your buddy, the cool uncle who lets you get away with anything. He does indeed despise sin. He is indeed King of kings and Lord of lords, and all those who oppose him will stand before his throne of judgment. And every knee will bow, every tongue confess. Some of us in joy and exultation, others in fear and trembling. But this is not his ultimate desire, for he is not a tyrant. He is a merciful, loving, and gracious Lord. And so he did what it took to give all his people the free gift of forgiveness and redemption. He took on the flesh of his creation. He became one of us and placed himself beneath his own holy law and then fulfilled it perfectly in our place. He took upon himself all the sin of his guilty creation, every transgression, every misdeed, every wicked thought ever committed. All of it was laid upon his innocent shoulders. And then he carried that staggering load all the way to the cross. As Jesus Christ entered into Jerusalem to the shouts and cheers of the crowds, most of the people assumed that he would be going to the palace to proclaim himself king and to usher in the next golden age of Israel. But that was not where Jesus' road led. Yes, he went to the palace, Yes, he went to the Roman headquarters, but not to establish an earthly kingdom. He went there to be condemned unjustly, to be sentenced to death, to be beaten and mocked and forced to carry his cross to Golgotha. And there, in an act of love that we didn't deserve one single bit, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords, died in our place. God himself laid down his eternal life in pain and anguish and torment to pay the full price of your sin. All the terrors of hell, all the torments of death, he willingly suffered them all so that his sinful, rebellious creation could be set free from sin and death and hell. Through the pain and suffering that we could never comprehend, Jesus Christ crushed Satan's head for us so that all those who look to him in faith are forgiven of their sins, are cleansed of their iniquity, are proclaimed innocent before his throne of judgment. Not because Jesus doesn't care about sin, not because he just looks the other way, but because he paid the excruciating price of our sin in full by shedding his innocent blood by sacrificing his holy life unto death in our place. And then, on the first Easter, Jesus Christ rose again from the grave, shattering the chains of death that bound him and all his people, giving us not just a glimmer of hope, but the absolute guarantee of everlasting life in heaven with him. He died to take away our guilt, And he rose again to give us the eternal victory that he had won. All of our sin is now taken away. And we will live with him forever in that perfect paradise of heaven. 
where there is no more pain or suffering, no more sorrow or death, no more temptation or fear, no more asking, who is this? Only the eternal glory of singing out God's praise forever with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, all because of what Jesus Christ did for you. This is the eternal gift of God that Jesus has won for you. This is why we celebrate Palm Sunday and Good Friday and Easter every single day of our lives. This is why we tell the world who this Jesus is, so that they too can join in our celebration, be cleansed of their sin, and have the eternal peace that we ourselves have been given. This is the truth about Jesus Christ that we seek to share with every single person near our lives, whether they ask about him or not, because this is the glorious message of the gospel that all people need to hear. And so we tell people about Jesus, the real Jesus. We boldly confess our faith, even if it makes people uncomfortable, even if it's inconvenient or even dangerous to ourselves, with our words, With our deeds, with our entire lives, we tell everyone about the eternal gift of salvation that we have been given and that they too have by grace through faith. Who is this? This is Jesus of Nazareth. This is the long-promised Messiah. This is Emmanuel, God himself in human flesh with us. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This Jesus is your Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who died for you, the one who rose again for you, the one who has given absolutely everything to set you free from your sin and to make you his own for all eternity. And by his cross alone, by his empty tomb alone, you are forgiven of every one of your sins, and eternal life in heaven is yours. Thanks be to God. Amen.